0: From the gray homestead in the heart of the Ozarks, this is Front Porch Anarchist. We're spreading the ideas of freedom and liberty from the front porch, one episode at a time. Front Porch Anarchist. Freedom starts on your own front porch. And this episode starts now. I heartily accept the motto that government is best which governs least. Carried out, it finally amounts to this, which also, I believe, that government is best, which governs not at all. And you're listening to yet another episode of Front Porch Anarchast. Recorded tonight here on the beautiful gray homestead in southwest Missouri, or Missouri, depending on where you're from. I'm recording in the mobile studio, but as you can tell, this episode, I am immobile at the moment, and that's probably going to make the the audio sound a little bit better this time than last time, as I was driving last time. You might hear a car or two go by, and you're probably going to hear a dog barking. He sleeps all day long so that he can bark all night long. I'm convinced that that's why he sleeps during the day, and... Anyway, he barks. Sometimes I think he's barking at himself. There's an echo because of a little hollow down here in the pasture. But anyway, I hope that doesn't bother anybody too much. If this is your first time listening to Front Porch Anarchast, I, I would like to um, say that you're in for a treat, but I can't really say that because Front Porch Anarchast is is a bit of an acquired taste. If you're used to listening to podcasts, you're probably used to hearing um, programs with uh, uh, maybe a high cost of production, and that is definitely not what Front Porch Anarchist is about. And you know, if you've listened to to um, other podcasts, very many podcasts, you're you're probably used to hearing. People being interviewed, and or you know maybe some kind of self help thing or whatever, but that's not what you get with front porch anarchist. My podcast is just me and a, um, I have like a I don't know this is a five or six year old smartphone that I am recording this on, and then I um, and I am sitting in my Jeep Patriot, which is <laughs> ironic that I am in a Patriot. So I said it. I set in my Jeep Patriot, I record this and then I go into my I go into my house and I mix it all together and edit it on my laptop, which is eight years old. So um yeah, the cost of production of Front Porch Anarchast, uh, I, then I host it on a free on a free podcast uh, Service so the uh, the the cost of the podcast is very low, and I'm telling you guys I'll warn you right now you're getting what you pay for. The, the cost of producing this is is pretty close to free for me, except for my internet connection. But you know I don't feel bad about that because if you're listening to this, it's free for you as well, except for your internet connection. What I do is uh, to try to offset that I throw out a um, an advertisement usually every every episode for my side gig which is making t-shirts and and vinyl decals. I throw that out every episode. I I have um, I have pulled in one or two uh, customers from that, but for the most part, you know, I'm lucky if I get a like on Facebook, so um very uh very low cost of production and, and uh let me tell you guys there's no profit in it. I do front porch anarchast out of uh out of love for wanting to be free. And it's kind of therapeutic. Keeps me from going crazy. Believe it or not, there are not a lot of people that want to sit down face to face and and talk about anarchy. So I have ran across a couple of people that like to hear about anarchy. And, you know, I think front porch Anarchist is probably best suited for people who um, who want to learn more about anarchy because basically, you know, I just talk about talk about life from my point of view and and not too many people hear from anarchists. All they hear about with anarchy is people wearing masks and throwing Molotov cocktails and and breaking windows, but. None of that is, is real anarchy. And every time you say real anarchy, people get mad about that, because who are you to say what real anarchy is? Well, you know, anarchy is the absence of rulers. It just means you don't have anybody ruling you. It doesn't mean you don't have any rules. And for those of you who have listened to Front Porch Anarchast previously, you might actually be in for a treat, because I did write an outline this time. Although... None of this has been on the outline, in the outline yet, so I'm probably going to go off the rails again, uh, like normal. But I felt compelled to record this episode tonight because of the recent goings-on in the uh, geographic area that's described as Virginia. I think they call it a commonwealth. I don't even think they call it a state. I think they call it a commonwealth. I'm not really sure what that is. I used to listen to free, well, I still listen to Free Talk Live a lot, but there used to be this character that would call in every now and then. His name was Ricky, and he was from the commonwealth of Virginia. (laughs) That's the only reason I even know that it's a commonwealth, and I hope it was Virginia, not West Virginia, but either way, I think it's a commonwealth. But what does it really matter, right? It's it's just an area where a government claims to be an authority and they've um evidently that government has decided that it wants to enact some gun control laws and some of the people who live there don't seem to be too happy about that so i would like to talk about that tonight and i would also like to talk about voting yet again as you may or may not know, that voting is a pretty recurring theme here on Front Porch Anarchast. But maybe at this point I could go ahead and throw out that ad for t-shirts and vinyl decals. We have a couple of different methods we use to produce our t-shirts, but mainly I'm into heat transfer vinyl. So I'm not cutting uh, you know, photographic quality images here. These are one or two or three. I can layer up it as many colors as you would like but you know it's not going to be it's not going to look like a picture when I use the heat transfer vinyl there are some other um, methods and and I'm not opposed to doing screen printing I'm just not set up to do large quantities of of screen printing at the moment I am testing out some some heat transfers that are screen printed and uh, I'll let you know how those turn out but if you need a t-shirt custom t-shirt just a one off or maybe two or three you know if you need a dozen then uh um, you know i can help you out with that and i do it at a ridiculous ridiculously low price with no setup fee so if you're in the market for a t-shirt or if, or even if you want to do if you have your own podcast or if you have a a homestead and you want to do some uh, merchandising and sell some merchandise uh, hit me up about that, too, because I can I can print your T-shirt and send it out to your customers and get it out to them that way, and that way you don't have to pay as much for shipping. I don't have to ship it to you, and then you ship it to them. I can just send it directly on, and you control the prices, and you control um, uh, your marketing. I just make the T-shirts and send them out. So if you're interested in anything like that, I can also do it with with decals. If you want to do window decals for cars, let me know about that and and we'll work something out. Those are ridiculously cheap. It I, I don't make a lot of money at all on those decals, but you know if I could get enough volume going, that would be great. So a while back when they started talking about this whole Virginia thing, uh, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if anyone listening to this is familiar with. Um, I'll probably be laughed at for the way I pronounce it, but they keep talking about a boogaloo where it's like a Civil War-type scenario where people finally revolt. So Virginia enacted... or they The people of Virginia elected a bunch of people who are for gun control, and they were promising as they were elected that they were going to enact some gun control laws. And the ones that have been... The ones that have passed one part of their government, I think it has to pass two parts of their government before it becomes law. But the ones that have passed so far, I know one of the one of the laws would restrict people to buying one gun a month or yeah, I think it was one gun a month. It's something about some oh, private sales of guns would require a background check, which now they don't. There were some other things in there too. I'm not really familiar with all of it. It doesn't really apply to me. So. so I haven't kept up with it that much. So these people that they elected decided they're... I mean, they told them up front they were going to be doing this, and then the idiots elected them anyway. So all of these people said, you know, hey, we're we're not going to take this. And, and the Internet was full ahead of time that if these people enact these laws, then we're going to revolt, or there's going to be a revolt, or there's going to be some sort of... Um, Repercussions for this, whatever, and you know when they were talking about that, yeah, I was I was convinced that they're not going to do anything. The people who are there aren't going to do anything because, let's face it, we're all fat and happy. We're we're happy where we are, right? Who's going to rock the boat? I know they talk about a frog that's in a in a pot and a on a fire, and the water starts getting hotter, and the frog just sits there because, oh, it's not too hot, he doesn't really notice how hot the water's getting until all of a sudden he's cooked, and, you know, he's dead, he's done. But he didn't bother jumping out of the pot, because he never, you know, he he didn't realize how bad things were getting, because he was still comfortable. And I'll admit it, I'm comfortable where I am, I'm not going to go out and, you know, firebomb a police station or something. Uh, why would I want to do that, right? For one thing, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt any innocent people and and you know, if I step out of line too far my life is over, right? And so I'm fat and happy. I'm just, you know, just going going along to get along right now. I do enough to stay out of jail and sometimes I wonder if I'm still gonna end up in jail. So I'm not I'm not knocking these people. What I'm knocking is that People talking about how they're going to do this or that. And and we all know they're not. We all know that we're not going to do anything. And, and I'm not even saying that we should. I'm just... I just don't understand what the deal is about saying that you're going to do it. And, and like with the Virginia thing. I did write a while back. I wrote a... Uh, I started... I don't know if it was going to be like a post or, or a blog um, entry, or maybe I was just kind of putting my thoughts down for an episode of Front Porch Anarchast and, and never got around to recording it. But I'm going to read it, so forgive me because it's going to sound like it's being read. I think it's like three paragraphs, so I think maybe you can stick with me through that. Virginians Won't Do the Boogie No matter how hard some Virginians try to convince me, I know they aren't going to boogie. If you haven't heard, the same Virginians who elected anti-gun tyrants to be their leaders are now upset that these anti-gun tyrants want to take their guns. They are so upset, in fact, that they are threatening to use force against the tyrants who try to force gun control laws onto them. Sure, they'll complain when you remind them that they helped elect these people, They'll claim that they had nothing to do with it, even though they voluntarily agreed to agree in the election process. You can't help bake the chocolate cake and then blame someone else for it turning out to be a chocolate cake. That'll probably go right over the heads of those for which it was intended, but it's true. So there it was. It was three paragraphs, right? It was the beginning of something that I was going to do that was much larger, and then I completely forgot about it until I was... Doing a little bit of research for my next episode of Front Porch Anarchist and found this. Certainly, that was not an earth-shattering work. But what did you, um, what did you get from that? Well, I'm sure that when I, uh, when I do get around to posting that or work it out and then post it, I'm going to get a lot of. I didn't vote for these people. I didn't elect them. Well, you know, guy, you did. It doesn't matter if you if you voted for the person or if you voted for someone else because you participated in this election process. Now it seems to me like there's some sort of a uh, of an agreement here that you know, hey, I'm going to agree with government or I'm going to agree with the system of government. I'm going to participate in their elections. We're going to Elect the right people and our government is going to make everything into a utopia, right? Everything will be perfect because we're going to elect the right people because enough people vote and, and we're doing the right thing. And, well, you can say no, you can say that's not the way it works. But if, if you really don't believe that voting works, then why do it? Why would you participate in a system if you don't think that's going to work? And when I pose that question to people, they, um, you know, they get a little, what's the term, butthurt hurt over it. The first thing they'll say is it's not a perfect system, but it's the best system that we have. And you know, then you point out, well, human sacrifice was the best system they had for a while, or dunking witches, whatever they did there with um, the witch trials, or. Um, you know, the um, Spanish Inquisitions, those were all the best systems that people had. It did not make them good systems. It doesn't really matter how you look at it. Those weren't good systems. So just because a system is what we're using or what's being used, doesn't make it the best. I mean, it doesn't make it good anyway. It might be the best. I should say it that way. Even the best system can be not a good system. I may put that one on a on a t-shirt. Seriously though, I I did make a really cool taxationist stuff t-shirt and if you would just check that out. I don't don't normally post those on front porch Anarchist. I have a different I have a different Facebook page for our t-shirts and and decals. It's called Gray Uncommons. And please be sure to use an A in gray because I have no idea why why the English people put an E in gray, but anyway, grey uncommons. And uh, you can see that you can see that taxationist theft t shirt. Now back to the regularly scheduled podcast here. I broke my own stride. I'm pretty good at that. I'm pretty good at being the guy who sticks this who puts the stick in his own uh on spokes of his uh, bicycle, getting back to the voting thing. So even just recently, even with this Virginia thing, as I've pointed out to a few people, voting got them where they are right now, because what I'm hearing a lot of is that they need to, um, to vote these people out of office come the next election cycle. People need to come together and vote these people out. And they're just not able to make that connection that voting voting got them where they are right now. That's that's how this all happened. And when I you know when I point out that that these Virginians did I, no I didn't even point out the fact yet. So this so they all came together for a, a rally yesterday, and I think they said there was twenty or twenty five thousand people there. They had an area. Fenced off uh, at their capital grounds, and they had metal detectors set up. the uh, The governor had declared a state of emergency and disarmed the people who were coming to this rally. The ones that wanted to get close to the Capitol, the ones who wanted to be inside this uh, cage. I mean fence. I mean free speech zone. Whatever it's called. He made them pass through um, through metal detectors, past police men who had, who were wearing uh, masks on their faces. I hear that there was one arrest made during this whole thing, and it was a woman who kept covering her face, and they ended up arresting her. Yet, you can clearly see these, um, these government employees standing around with these vests on that say police, and they were wearing masks. So I don't understand why they could wear masks, but she couldn't. And I don't mean these were like, you know, riot gear face masks, you know, the clear kind with the shields. These were just like your run-of-the-mill ski mask kind of things. So I don't know how she could get in trouble anyway. So I'm running off the rails there. They all come together and voluntarily disarm themselves for a gun control rally. I'm not I don't even know how they thought that was a good idea because what did they do? There now there were some who didn't go in there who stood outside the fence. And I guess if 10,000 people were on the inside and they say that there were 20 to 25,000 people in total there, then that would put like you know anywhere from 10 to 15,000 people on the outside. Now those people could remain armed if they would like. And as I see the um a bunch of YouTubers were going through the crowd and talking to people both inside the fence and outside the fence. And the people outside the fence were saying, oh, I'm not going in there, but I wanted to be here to show my support for the Second Amendment, blah, blah, blah. Um, a thought occurred to me that all of these people the ones inside the fence and the ones outside the fence they're all complying with government here they're all showing their obedience to government so so what good did this whole what good did the second amendment rally actually do the only good it did that i can see is that it told it told their government that they're willing to um, that they're willing to accept these terms they showed the government that they were the frog in the pot. Now, I'm not calling. I don't think they should have, like, stormed the Capitol. I don't think they should have been shooting. I don't think it should have turned violent, even though that one guy on um, Facebook gets very aroused talking about how I'm calling for bloodshed, which, I mean, I have in no uncertain terms said that I do not want to see bloodshed I'm about as peaceful of a person as you can ever imagine. I don't think I've ever thrown a punch in anger. Certainly not as an adult, I know. But this guy, he just, he really gets, he gets really aroused by, by claiming that, that I'm calling for bloodshed and that in every, every post of mine that he reads, I'm, I'm calling for bloodshed because he couldn't see past the fact. He, he thinks there was only two options. That, people either complied with government or they started killing people. He couldn't see the other option and the other option don't participate. Why go down to a why go down someplace where these people are writing laws that you don't agree with? They're going to write them whether or not you're there. No matter how big the crowd is, I mean these people have you know they're they're anti-gun. They're and they they have a blank check. They can do what they want to do. It doesn't matter to them. How many people don't want universal background checks, or how many people want to buy more than one gun a day uh, a, a month? They're going to do it their way. And you showing up and going inside their cage after disarming yourself so that you could get inside their cage. That just bolsters their feeling of authority, that they have authority over you because you have submitted to that. Now, the um, you know the real astute person, the person who uh, thinks that they're a little more intelligent will say, yeah, but what about all the people outside the fence? Yeah, what about all the people outside the fence? They all showed up and stayed outside the fence showing that they're not going to do anything about it either. Now that's not calling for any kind of bloodshed because I don't I don't think they should have done anything. I don't think people should have started shooting at this at this event. I just I wouldn't have went. I would I would have suggested that nobody go there. You want to have a rally somewhere, that's fine, go somewhere else and have it. Why go to the state capitol where these people are going to do whatever they want? Why go there and submit to their rules? Get inside the cage if you disarm yourself. Stay outside the cage if you want to stay armed. You're just bolstering their their standing. You know, I've been working on trying to trying to come up with an analogy, like a real world analogy, for people who um who think that they have to participate in government. And you know, I I've tried a few different ways. I'm going to work on it. One thing that I I've used before is like a food analogy, like, I, you know, it doesn't, what my neighbor is serving for dinner doesn't affect me, so why would I go protest against him? You know, why would I be like, why would I be like, oh, I'm not eating your broccoli. Well, you know, why would I eat the broccoli if I don't want to eat it, right? Even if he, even if my neighbor says, you're going to eat this broccoli, I can tell him to go pound sand, Right. Why can't I do that with government? It's it's supposedly a free country, right? I should be able to tell them to go pound sand. I can't carry a gun? Oh, go pound sand, dude. I'm not interested in in you ruling me. Yeah, are they going to put you in a cage if they catch you selling a gun without doing a background check? Probably so. They're probably going to do that. So um, in my professional opinion, don't let them catch you selling a gun without a background check if that's the law. Now, you can take that as how you want to, but I'm not advocating for any bloodshed there. I don't want to see anybody hurt over it. I don't want to see anybody go into a cage over it. So I guess I'm the one that got all worked up there. But, you know, I, I just don't understand the uh, the mentality behind the um, you have to vote to make it to make government better. You have to vote because it doesn't matter if there's a million people voting or if there's three people voting. If I don't agree with what's being passed then then the vote does it's it, it's invalid I mean why I, I'm a I'm as much of a human as anyone else. I have as many rights as anybody else does. so why is it that if two of my neighbors get together, they get to decide how I live my life? We're all equals or at least the way I see it, we're all, we're all equals. We all just want to live and do our own thing. So why did two of my neighbors get to dictate how I live my life? It doesn't matter that they call it government. It doesn't make it any more right, but we still have that mentality. And oh my God, that guy on Facebook, he's just all over me about that. He just, he, you know, he cannot, he, he cannot even fathom not participating in in government in their voting schemes. And you know I know other people that way. I know people in real life that are that way that they just they can't see past this this two-party um, left right if you're not on the left, you have to be on the right or if you're not on the right, then you have to be on the left mentality. And it it irks me that a person can be so dense that that's as far as they can see they can't they can't see past that, that there's a third option they just don't uh, don't fall for it will we ever get to that point where we don't want to rule our neighbors i I don't know if if it'll ever get that way it seems like it's worthwhile um it's worthwhile to think that way to you know to think that it could go that way and that's why I do front porch Anarchist is i would like to get more people just to at least consider the fact that there's more to life than left and right and and sometimes when i'm trying to point that out you know i i bring up the fact that that government has a pretty good scheme going on with the whole left right thing because the enemy of my enemy is my friend right so if if government can get you to think if government can get you and you think that you are on the right, if they can get you to think that someone on the left is your enemy, then that automatically makes government your friend. And you're going to keep supporting government. And and you can switch that around. doesn't matter if you're on the left and your enemy's on the right or if you're on the right and your enemy's on the left. They've got a really good thing going on here because they're going to make you want to use government to get back at, their, at your enemy. So this turns out that it's you against your neighbor, and government is the winner. Does that make any sense at all? You and your neighbor are going to fight, and government's winning because you think government is working on your side, and your neighbor thinks that government is working on their side. When all the, all the while, the politicians are the ones that are gaining the power, and the people who work for the government are the people who are getting the money. Which also includes the politicians, of course. It's a it's a pretty good scheme. There's only one other scheme I can think of that's any better than that, and that would be religion. But this is front porch anarchist, not front porch atheist. Which I may I may do a podcast called Front Porch Atheist. Oh, I can see it now. <laughs> I can see it now. I can see the uh, all the time and effort that I'll put into that one. Um, for a couple of people to listen to. But again, it may help uh, maintain my, san- my sanity there. Well, I'm not really sure if I came to a um, a, a conclusion here, but I am going to wrap it up. It's very cold out here in the mobile studio. So, um, so I'm going to wrap it up. If you're a new listener, I appreciate you stopping by and, and checking me out. Please don't judge me just by this episode. Whatever you do, don't choose. Don't uh, judge me by the last episode, which was episode thirty-four. I did that basically out of spite, recording it as I was driving down the road. Because there are a lot of people in podcasting who, who think that um, if if you don't if you don't spend a lot of money on your podcast that you that you shouldn't be allowed to podcast. And there's a lot of podcast snobs that they want to hear very, very good audio, very well produced. Um, audio sounds. They're just they're really snobbish about it and and pretty much would like to run everybody else out of podcasting because we we trash it up for them. I'll admit, you know, I do this as a as a labor of love. It's more of a hobby than anything else. So I'm I'm not really that serious about it. I mean, I can't see me dropping $5,000 to soundproof a room and get the best equipment and buy a new laptop and headphones and and the whole nine yards, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I guess if I was making a lot of money at it, I might, but I don't think anybody, there's very few people in the podcasting industry who are making um, much money at all. Now, that being said, I'm going to remind you about my T-shirt business. Um, I think that's the third time this episode, but if you need a T-shirt, guys, get in touch with me, either Front Porch cast. The Facebook page or Front Porch Anarchist on um, you can send me an email at frontporchanarchist at gmail. You can you can even find me on MeWe. You can find me on Float. But there's like a million ways you can get in touch with me, and I'm serious about that. Um, that drop shipping, I'm pretty competitive price wise there. Check me out if you're interested in that. Help support a an anarchist endeavor have lots of endeavors that we're trying to fund. Our main goal, at least our um, our long-term goal, is to get back to our little off-grid cabin in the middle of the uh, Ozark Mountains. So any t-shirts, decals that we sell, that's um, it, it all goes into uh, to trying to get us to a point where we can realize that dream again. We can't wait to get back down there to the cabin. Our kids can't wait to go. All right, so I am uh, I'm signing off for the night. Like I said, it's very cold. I have to get up early in the morning. We're taking a, a trip across the state for a uh, doctor's appointment. Check on the on the newest member of the family that has not quite arrived yet. So we're gonna check, we're gonna go tomorrow and do that. So I'll spend six to eight hours on the road tomorrow. That's not gonna be fun with a three-year-old and a five-year-old. So I'm going to gonna call it a night, guys. I do appreciate you listening to Front Porch Anarchast. I hope you come back for more. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast of the Front Porch Anarchast. Like and share our page or send us a message at Front Porch Anarchast on Facebook. No masters.